The Stonebrook Church is located in Waynesville, Missouri, a small town in the Midwest. Its mission is to set up dates with God. We believe that if people had a genuine interaction where they could meet Jesus face to face with no obstacles, no religious rules, no churches that are making snap judgments about them, that they'd fall in love with Jesus. In order to do that, we need volunteers who are willing to give up everything they have to create that type of environment. These volunteers, these leaders, have stories about how Stonebrook has changed their lives. These are the date makers, the matchmakers of Stonebrook Church. My name is Christy Clark. I uh, help with guest services, um, work with the offering, and then also work with the youth. I lead with another person, the junior and senior life group. Mm-hmm. What age is the junior and seniors? Um, it's 16, 17. 16, 17, maybe 18 if they're still in high school. How many kids do you guys usually have? Um, usually we run about 8 to 10. 8 to 10. Well, let's hear your story. Okay. Well, pretty much all started when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was a sophomore. I went to a really small high school, and um, I, was, I tried to be nice to everyone. Um, it was... I think our high school had about 200 people, so pretty much everyone grew up together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to high school, we went to high school with kind of like a group home, and it was called uh, Quakerdale. And so um, some troubled teens would come into our high school and kind of intertwine. Is it like a boys and girls club would have around yeah. here? Well, okay. it was just they uh, would live there, and they would just come into our school, and then they'd go straight back there. Oh, okay. When I was a sophomore, I met a girl named Danny, and mm. she, we were in language arts together, and um, we just started talking and got to know each other, and then we were never really able to hang out outside of school because she was part um, of the in, group home. Yeah, so we would just talk every day during this class, and um, we just became you know, friends and mm-hmm. um, got to know each other, and then um, I. One day I was eating lunch and she came came up to me and asked me if she could sit with us. And um, I was sitting with um, all my friends and I just told her that our table was full. And mm-hmm. and I just can remember her face and it was just like pure disappointment. And I, I felt instantly, I just felt bad. Yeah. Um, that's How just, long had you known her at this point? Um, Just a few months. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, we but we've only talked really in this class and... So um, I instantly felt bad, and then um, I just kind of told myself I'd fix it the next day in class. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to youth group. It was the weekend, and I went to youth group, and I'd heard that someone, um, that something, someone had committed suicide in our school, and I didn't think much of it. And then I came to school that next Monday, and I found out that it was Danny. Mm-hmm. And um, instantly I just felt guilty um just pure like it was completely my fault Mm -hmm. so i I still kind of feel guilty about it Mm -hmm. that's understandable and so just kind of none of my none of my uh, none of my real friends really um knew much about her so i just kind of had to continue on with my everyday life and um, just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, move on. 
And so the next year I started job shadowing uh, my youth pastor just because um, I was really active in my youth. I thought it'd be an easy A and mm-hmm. um, it was something that I did constantly. So just thought it'd be fun. I started working at it and for some reason Danny just continued to pop in my head, but um, but in a different way. Yeah. Um, I just felt this need that I didn't want any student to ever feel like that mm-hmm. ever again, both in her sense and my sense where I just felt constantly guilty. And so that's when I've um, got called into youth ministry. And since then, it's been a very hard. When I was leaving high school, I had a lot of people tell me uh, that I couldn't do it because... Um, well, because I was a girl and I went to a Baptist church. And so I'd had people tell me that it'd be better if I, you know, was a youth pastor's wife. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they kind of, when I was in a senior, they just kind of threw me out there and told me to teach a middle school youth group. Mm-hmm. And I just crashed and burned. And um, that that was really hard. But, but I always had Danny in the back of my head on the reason why I wanted to do it. So I went to college for youth ministry and continually I just kept getting told that, you know, I wasn't right for youth ministry because I was timid and um, I just didn't fit the part of the youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept getting told that and I started to believe it after a while. And then my junior year of college, I was mentoring two eighth graders at a big church in Minneapolis. And one of I had taken my students out for dinner mm-hmm. and then we were going to church and I had to go into a meeting. So I told them just to kind of wait there for me. And they, I guess, I don't really know what happened, but they were just kind of messing around. And um, one of them fell off a balcony about 30 feet. Oh my gosh. And she got rushed to the hospital and um, I went into the emergency room and I could just kind of feel all of the parents' eyes looking towards me because... Mm-hmm. Well, I assume they think like you were responsible for them. And that was just kind of like the icing on the cake that I wasn't really meant to do this because, you know, it just, it was very, I don't know. It was just hard to walk in there and just face the parents and Mm -hmm. just feel like they were (laughs) staring at me the entire time. And, Mm -hmm. And then during that time, my sister, who goes to Stonebrook, um, she told me about Stonebrook and the college that I was going to at the time is a very strict Pentecostal college. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the time, Stonebrook was in a bar and um, <laughs> I knew I knew that that was a really that wasn't going to happen. Um, my school was very against us even having like rated R movies in mm-hmm. our apartments. And I knew that if I told them that I was going to go to a intern at a church at a bar that it would just laugh no (laughs) but you know I just I just wanted to come down and spend some time with my sister and her uh, her family and so I told them that I would and then uh, when the incident happened I just kind of told myself that you know youth ministry just wasn't for me and um, I was just going to go down and um, have a good time with my sister over the summer Mm -hmm. you know help at the church but I didn't plan on going back to school um, just kind of quitting. So you at this point completely just given up on the idea of being in youth ministry. Yeah I just didn't feel like it was um, I thought that I was right for it 
that I kind of, up till then, I felt like I was called for it. Mm -hmm. But then when I got after that, I just felt like maybe I'd misread the call or. Was it, so leading up to this, Danny was, was the reason, the compassion you had, the guilt you felt because of Danny was the reason that you felt the calling into student ministry. Yeah. Well, and then. Did you have a background in church that like maybe that had come up before or was it just like that was the pivotal moment? It was leading up to that. I was always involved in my youth group and there was Mm -hmm. always something there. Um, And then it was just the fact that after that incident with Danny happened that I realized how much hurt there was in our school. And I just became a, a lot more aware of it. And I see, I think that I, my call is always there, but, um, but that really opened my eyes to what was actually happening in our school and the hurt that was in there. And so I think, you know, that was the pivotal time I got called, Mm -hmm. but I've always felt like I was actually Mm -hmm. called to it. So, yeah. And then, yeah, I came that summer and I just kind of jumped right in and it was, it, it was just different. I don't know. I just felt as soon as I got here, I felt like I was at home and I felt accepted. And there was just, I don't know. I just had this instant connection with the students. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just, it's hard to explain. I I just said never felt like that before. Mm -hmm. Like, like they didn't see me, but they saw my calling. And it just, when I started, um, I think it was camp that really just got me because I'd I didn't really know. I had been at Stonebrook for maybe a month and I was still getting to know the kids. And there was this last night at camp where we were all just kind of around a cross and just praying for one another. And God just kind of told me that I was, that this is where I was meant to be. And these kids, like I was meant to work with these kids and, and that my calling was real and it was from him and not to quit. After that, I was just in love with it so that's understandable and that's really powerful at camps like that when they have those moments seeing young people who are just in love with jesus and have those vulnerable moments i can understand that and relate to that i'm not a i'm not personally a youth person but i was once a youth and i remember those times and i remember our leaders at that moment and that kind of relationship you have when you're in that vulnerable state and a leader is there somebody that's not a parent or not 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 a teacher or somebody who's there just to be your friend who's older and experiences and understands the kind of hurt that teenagers go through. That's rough and it's beautiful at the same time. <laughs> you mentioned you came and the students saw you for your calling rather than rather than what you, to this point, people had said about you, whether it was being timid or that you should be a pastor's wife, <laughs> which I think is so <laughs> ridiculous. Because um, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I kind of understand some of where some people come from with all of that. I disagree with all of it completely. But what was it exactly that made that made you realize that? Because I know you're, you came into a new place where you did have family. What was the difference between the students that you've worked with before and the students when you came here? Was it something tangible? Was it a feeling? I think it was a feeling. I just, it felt natural when I came down here. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, um, I worked at a, a couple really big churches Uh, leading up to Stonebrook. And so, you know, I just never felt very comfortable in, you know, doing just 
going up and talking to a student, getting to know the students um, other than like the students who I mentored one-on-one or small groups. But here it was a lot different. I just, I don't know. I I just could go up to the student and, and start a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And they were very welcoming and just very loving. And same with the community of Stonebrook. Like they were very welcoming and, and it just instantly, I just felt like I was part of their family. Mm-hmm. And I think that just made it very comfortable for me to feel comfortable to kind of come out of my shell a little bit. Yeah. What was it like? You mentioned it was comfortable. I, I know when I came to Stonebrook for the first time, I was I felt that kind of comfort. And I'm I'm not really sure why, because for me, it's a whole different story, church and everything. And but what I'm trying to ask is you came into Stonebrook. I know the students had a direct impact on you. What was it like before you got involved with students? I know you jumped right into it pretty quick, but like that first Sunday, what was that experience like for you? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Um, well, I had gone to Stonebrook a couple times before um, I came down here with when I would come and visit my sister. Oh. Um, but that that first time that I've, I kind of knew that I was here to, you know, intern mm-hmm. under, under Casey, it was, it was... In very intimidating like I feel like I did not um leave my sister's side when I first got there and then you know maybe five or ten minutes after I entered the door it just something just changed in me like I would mm-hmm. go up and talk to people and and I don't can't actually explain it but it's just that I don't know it felt like I had gone there for a very long time yeah and you know until I think the very first thing that I did was there was a youth event that there was like a rapper that came in. I can't remember who it was or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was like the first event that I had with the youth. Yeah. There was leaders there and they had remembered me from church. And it was just Mm -hmm. like when they would come up and, you know, say something to me like, oh, hey, I remember you from this. And, you know, I didn't get that at really a lot of my other churches. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of what got me going with the church. Like that made me feel a lot more like I was at home. Was less of a church and more of a family. Yeah. Just to kind of look back and then think about now you, you feel your calling, you're working with kids now. What, what outside of church or outside of that youth group has changed in your life? I mean, if there's anything like the way you view church or like the way maybe you view your relationship with Jesus, is there anything that's changed drastically since like maybe when you went to college from until now? Um, like after coming from Stonebrook? Yeah, like after coming to Stonebrook, for me, it completely changed the way I view Jesus. And that may not be the case for everybody, but is there anything like that that has affected your relationship um yeah i mean coming from a pentecostal (laughs) school it was very i had a very hard time when i came back after my senior year Mm -hmm. and getting like knowing that i was going to be here for a long time getting back into the swing of uh this is stonebrook and we do things a lot differently yeah than (laughs) than I did at school and I think a lot has changed in the way that I look at a Sunday morning you know that mm-hmm. it's not it's never it's not about me when I go there like yeah. it's all about those you know people who are out there who don't know Jesus and 
and a lot of Sundays I do, I do think about like Danny and um, mm-hmm. think about, you know, what I could have done if I would have been in a place like Stonebrook, you know, yeah. where something that I would have felt more comfortable of, you know, bringing her in and how she would have felt there and how I can bring that feeling into, into Stonebrook and bringing people in. When I first read your story, I cried because <laughs> I could totally relate to that. Because I remember back in high school, for me, I did things and like, like with Danny saying, you know, you can't sit here. It's it's so amazing how much one little action can really, really affect things. And you know, like life happens, and people have their own things that they're dealing with, and you not know. But I understand that feeling of like I had an opportunity. The, the fact that you're working so hard now with with the kids and with youth. So you work with uh, students now, juniors and seniors. I've talked to one of your other leaders about your life group and stuff like that. And if we were talking about how interesting it is that parents can just be like, take my kids for a little while, take care of them. All of the responsibility that goes along with leading a life group like that. If you could, I'm going to ask a few questions. If you could say anything to those parents, what would it be? Because you have conversations with their kids. You know, their kids say things. You might talk to their parents like in passing. But when it comes to like the life group with your students, is is there anything you would want to say to those parents? I think the biggest thing that I would tell the parents is is just how how much I love their students how thankful I am that they are giving me an opportunity to work with them and you know I I know a lot of my students backstories and I think it's important that that they just look a lot deeper than than what they think they know about their students because uh, I think there's so much that's getting held back from what they can do and what they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that if if a lot of them had that encouragement from their parents, that they could just, I mean, do amazing things. And because, you know, it, it's one way coming from me and our leaders, but it's another thing coming from your parents. Because that relationship is there. Like yeah. it's already yeah. something that's happening. Yeah, well, when I was in school, you know, we would talk about how, you know, as leaders, we see the students for... 10% of their entire week, but their parents see them, you know, mm-hmm. 80, 70 or 80% and how that is the most, one of the most re- important relationships that they'll have because that's one of the most influential relationships that they'll have. So. If there was like one thing you could, one message you could get across to your students, what would that be? I think just how, just so they know how much that they mean to me and how important they they are I don't know I just I know that each and every one of them are going to have such an amazing life and I just wish that they could see themselves through my eyes because I don't know just talking with them and getting to know them I just see so much that they're capable of and that they might not see in themselves Mm -hmm. and so if they could just see that and live that out then that'd make my life so happy (laughs) (laughs) to somebody who's who's volunteering maybe they're volunteering in kids maybe they work with students maybe they work 
serving coffee and donuts or doing offering, what what is something you would want somebody like that to keep in mind on a Sunday morning? To just know that there there's no small job on a Sunday morning and that everything, every part of a Sunday morning counts and um, how important each part is. You never know um, whose eyes are on you at that time mm-hmm. and whose life that you're influencing through, you know, saying hi as a greeter or, you know, who as the waivers who's driving by and you might, you know, wave at somebody who really, you know, just needs that <laughs> that wave yeah. or um, that small smile. You know, when I pass the offering bucket and I flash a smile, <laughs> you know, you just don't know who, you know, everyone's battling different battles that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's just important to know and be aware of that. And, um, and just know that, you know, everything we do is important. You matter. Yeah. I'm going to kind of jump back a little bit. One of the things we say about Stonebrook is we call it unified diversity. We have people who grew up in a Catholic church. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. The big thing that we we do is we try to change our environment. But sometimes you go to church on a Sunday morning. And for me personally, I know that there's been a lot of times when I'm like, I don't really agree with this. Or this doesn't really hit me right. And then there are other times when I think, yeah, this is really fantastic. What has that been like for you? Has it been something that's been hard to deal with? Has it been something that you've... I think it's been it's been pretty hard. I know when I first got back uh, after I graduated college and came back, I had a hard time um, going from what I've been taught to how kind of Stonebrook has done it. Mm-hmm. And, and um, understanding that, you know, the youth events are for, you know outsiders just as churches for mm-hmm. outsiders or like out that youth events are for outsider teens and i guess i i know there's was a lot of like bumping heads when i first got down here because i just didn't really understand that mm-hmm. and once i kind of understood it it got a lot it started to change me from the inside out because you know i work in a high school now and so i see a lot of those outsider teens and and teens you know that i hear talk about different things all all the time <laughs> and and i and now instead of thinking about how can i make it more interesting for the people who are already in church i think how can i get to these kids and get them to you know our youth events and you know not to say that i don't you know think about my students that i have now but but that definitely has changed in me the the most out of everything you know it's not just being content with what who's in church now but really going after those people who are not churched and who need jesus if you could define in a phrase or a couple of sentences maybe come to some sort of conclusion as to how stonebrook has changed your life we've heard you back we've heard your story we know about danny and i'm i'm sorry that you carry that guilt it's something that you can't change but luckily we have Jesus and you have impacted greatly hundreds of students. And, you know, I being a Stonebrook person, I understand it's all about that one. To come from a background where you've maybe felt like you've failed to dedicating your life to to never doing that again, to to making a difference when it comes to that smile and the offering bucket goes by saying hello or let those little because those little things do matter. I I think that's really, really awesome. 
if there was one way for you to describe in like a paragraph or a sentence what Stonebrook has changed about you, what what would that sentence be? I think Stonebrook has just uh, given me a confidence that I didn't have before that um, I can do a lot more than what, you know, I've been told. We get taught that, you know, it's not about who we were in the past, but who we want to be now and in the future. And so I think that was the biggest thing that, you know, it's no longer about what has happened. Like I will hold that, you know, that guilt with me, but it doesn't have to define me anymore. Mm-hmm. And same with, you know, those everything thing that had people had said you know that doesn't have to define me anymore like I know that I'm doing what God has called me to do and so that is all that matters <laughs> and my relationship with Jesus is is growing every single day and that's also you know what's <laughs> most important and so you know I wouldn't have if I wouldn't have come to Stonebrook I wouldn't have gained that confidence and you know I probably would not be in youth ministry and I'll be doing something else <laughs> that's great that everything you just said is is what Stonebrook's about. How are you now? I just, I cherish the time I have with my kids on Wednesdays. I, it's hard, you know, not having youth events like we used to mm-hmm. uh, right now. But, you know, the time that I have with my life group, I just realize how important that time is for those students who come. And so, you oh. know. What is that? How is that? How does that affect you right now? Because I know you work with students at school too. How is how is any of that? Um, it's it's good. It it can be very draining at times because um, if you ask anyone who's known me for longer than a year, that I carry around everyone's burdens, and mm-hmm. I'm a very emotional person, and so you know, working with teenagers, you know what seems like 24 or 7. Um, All of the time. <laughs> yeah. It can be definitely hard. And so I think the biggest thing for me right now is just figuring out how to balance, you know, their their problems and issues and what they're going through. And then also taking care of, you know, what I'm going through. And mm-hmm. my sometimes I have to put myself first and and take care of myself. And I think right now it's about, like, finding that balance. But slowly you know long term i mean because you felt the calling you're here now what what is what is your vision for for you whether or not that has anything to do with stonebrook it's like do you do you want to eventually have your own be like a family pastor like what rob's doing or like a youth leader or is, have you thought about it much? Um, yeah, I I always see myself working with teenagers um, in some sort of capacity. Does that include like the high school? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, high school, middle school. Yeah. High school more than middle school sometimes, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, they um, some sort of, you know, whether it's just being a leader or, you know, being an actual like youth pastor or it's you know constantly doing youth events and life groups and everything or just being you know a helper there sometime you know just so I can have that that interaction with the students and being able to be there for them just wanting to do that in some kind of capacity Mm -hmm. and then 
I've been looking towards going into some kind of like counseling type of thing for adolescents. And so that's kind of what I'm going to school for right now. Thanks again, Christy, for hanging out with me and telling us your story. I really appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to all the wonderful things to come uh, serving with you at Stonebrook. So speaking of life groups, next week on Date Makers, we actually have Stonebrook's life group pastor, Ron Carter. He's going to be here to tell us his story of salvation, how he got involved with church, uh, and even how he became the life group's pastor at Stonebrook. Ron's a really great guy. He's a veteran. He's got a really interesting story, so make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for listening to our first episode of Date Makers, the matchmakers of Stonebrook Church. <laughs>